Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, he's real, people. Thad Turnip Seed joins us for an interview. You're going to love it. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, March 21st, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in March from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 courtside cash giveaway. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 11.59. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this episode way in advance. (laughs) Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment after you do it. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, you can email theoklahomabreakdown at gmail.com, and we'll get you all of those details. Ted, I am, I am currently, so I'm, we are in the future right now. I am currently <laughs> traveling back from vacation. Hopefully I'm tan. Hopefully I played a bunch of golf. How do you think it went for me? It went good. You ate like a king. You played golf. You got your uh, handicap down a couple of strokes, spent some time on the beach, got a sun-kissed tan. It was great. Love that. Had a Thanks, couple man. of beverages. Several, several (laughs) beverages, but we got him. We did it. People have asked. People have wondered if he's even a real human being. And he is. That turnip seed. We got him. The enigma. We've got him. We looped him in. Awesome stuff. Uh, Very excited about 
finally getting him on to uh, spill the beans a little bit about what's been going on. Yeah, let's not keep the people waiting. Here he is. Here's Thad Turnipseed. It is our pleasure to be joined by quite possibly the most requested guest in the history of this podcast. Oh my God, that's he that's scary. is he is a real person, people. Yeah. He is Thad Turnipseed, and he is in the house. What's going on, Thad? Man, if, if I'm the most requested, this show must be brand new. Um, because uh, I, I, there's much more exciting people than I am. But I'm glad to be here. I love meeting you guys down at the bowl game. I thought we had a great first impression with, with each other. I know for a couple minutes, but it took you three months to get me on the show. So I'm, I'm kind of a little paranoid. <laughs> well, we, we had to get kind of the stamp of approval from Coach Vittables. And now it's, you know, there, there's kind of an understanding that we're going to have more of the staff members on. So now we, you were the, just think of it this way. We, we had BV on and then you're the next guy. How about that? Really? You hadn't had any coach or no one like that, like, like the mayor, Kel Gundy, who's like the <laughs> legend. Um, oh, we know his story. We don't, I mean, we, we go way back with Kel. We know everything about Kel. It, my, an interesting my, thing about Kel is he actually supplied us with some questions for you for this interview. So uh, just, yeah. just buckle up, bud. Yeah. Well, I take Kel, uh, one of my best friends at Clemson it knows Kel from the coaching circles back in when he was at UAB and, he kind of told me about Kel when I was coming out here. And, and I, I called him out a week later and said, hey, I love you, man. I know you're my best friend, but I got a new best friend in Kel, Kel the, mayor, the mayor of Oklahoma football. And he's been phenomenal for, for me, for Brent, for all of us. I can't say no great things about him. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, Gabe says you're one of the most requested guests. And here's kind of the reason is I – we know the football coaches, right? We, we know the coaches, obviously the, the staff that remained and, and even most of the staff that he hired, it's, it's easy enough to kind of figure out, you know, what they're going to be doing and what their roles were previously. And you can find a background. So a lot of people don't know your background and, and kind of where you come from and like what you're going to be doing here. So let's just start at the very beginning. Like you're, your playing days, like take us back to the playing days. You're, you, you played at Alabama. So take us back there and how that ended up linking you with well, Saban. You, you know, God works in weird ways. And, and it's one of those unanswered prayers type of deal. I was the greatest player to play 26 plays at Alabama. I don't know who else played 26 plays. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what I did. Maybe a little less, maybe a few, few more, but um, I, I walked on there, had a, you know, I was the Rudy, like the coach, Coaches actually called me Rudy, and um, just you know, I, I was intense like Brent, just not as good. I was really good from from inside the tackles. You got outside the tackles, I wasn't very good. So tell you, you know, that's not a very long lifespan when you get to this <laughs> level of football. So I played three years, broke tore both ACLs. And this is before you had these huge staffs. So um, I became a student coach. So I had two years of eligibility left. So and it's where first year I'm up in the box with with um, the the coordinator in the second year I'm down on the field so I am BV on the field because you don't have the nine coaches four GAs and me uh, and then you had this one five GAs and and so it was kind of I look back now thinking that I was 22 three years old and I was signaling the defense for the University of Alabama <laughs> the only person in the headphones was was um, was B Bill Oliver who was the defense coordinator and we had one other gentleman 
named um, Jeff Rousey. I, I got to tell you one funny story there. So we're playing Georgia in 1994. It's back and forth, Eric Zier. And, and, and I'm telling you, Gene Stallings spent a lot of time with the offense, not much with the defense. Well, he comes up to me, and he, my mic's open, and he says, what are y'all doing? And the defense coordinator is just kind of upset. He says, Dad, tell him to get away. And I'm thinking, I'm 22. I'm about to tell Gene Stallings to get away. And the grown man who was probably 40 at the time that I thought was, like, old, and now I'm 50, it's like I wonder how people look at me. Well, he starts walking away. And I'm standing right here on national TV playing Georgia, back and forth. Um, the, the defense coordinator telling me to tell the head coach, um, to, to get away, and he doesn't leave. So the only two plays I called in the history of my coaching career were those two plays. He's yelling at me to yell at the coach. All the, all the players look at me for a signal, and I just make some base call. Back then, you didn't really try to throw the ball. You, they went for a field goal, kicked it, and off the field. That, that, that was my playing and coaching career at, at Alabama. So at that time, you know, the salaries weren't great. Um, I had a chance to go – in, into uh, the private sector. I was going to marry my father-in-law on a construction company, a development company, and a management company. And he, he didn't know what a two-by-four was, but he built a lot of apartment complexes and he was the, the manage, management development in. Um, so he was going to hire me to be in construction. So that's what got me out of football for those eight years into construction. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in a plane crash in about two, uh, that, was, that was May and December. He passed away, um, young and dumb. That, you know, a lot of God's favor was on me because I created a successful – I left his company um, with his partner's blessing, and his partner actually gave me a lot of work. And you know, that's a long another story one day when we're sitting around talking, but pretty successful in the business world. Um, was go to – went to church with a guy who owns South Trust uh, – not owns it, but the manages South Trust Bank's marketing department, and my banker was there as well. So he – he asked me to be on the on the cover of South Trust Bank's annual report. So you open up the page, it's right there, it goes out to millions of people. The AD at Alabama thinks I'm making a ton of money, obviously, because I'm on the cover of the deal. He's not knowing it's just because I went to church with the guy and they didn't have anybody else to do it. So he asked me for a, uh, he, I tell you, he asked me for $250,000 um, gift to kick off a $150 million campaign, halftime of a basketball game on a Wednesday night. So that was a Wednesday night. And I couldn't get away quick enough. But I remember just like a 60-second conversation maybe. And I said, Mal, I can't give you that, but I'll give you 50 over five years because it's all about cash flow. But, hey, I'll come build it for you. And I walk away. And so um, next thing I know, the very next morning, this that was a Wednesday basketball game, Thursday morning, uh, I don't know, 8 o'clock, Dabo Swinney calls me. And Dabo and I, were teammates. And it's kind of like your high school friend. People who play football understand what I'm about to say, but I, I relate to people who didn't to your best friends in high school that you can be away for 10 years, but you pick back up and you feel like no time's passed, it's right there. So that way we weren't close in these years between here, um, but we're still teammates. So he calls, hey, what the heck's going on? I said, what do you mean? He says, Mal Moore just came down here. He's going to hire you back to build all these facilities. And I told him about that 30-second conversation, 60-second conversation, and, and I hung up the phone and I called my banker. And I've been praying. This is like answer prayer. So I've been praying for a couple of years now. Uh, this company had gotten so big and, and I'll become just chasing money. I wasn't smart enough to run the size company it was. It was just God just kept giving me favor. And so I, I left that. Um, I told, told Dabo the, the story. And I go to the banker the, the next day, call the banker. He says, well, let's go to lunch. And so that's Friday. We go to lunch. And the, that banker who put me on the cover, who had been with me the whole time. Now, remember, 
seven and a half, eight years earlier, he would not give me a line of credit for $5,000 without my mother-in-law signing with me. So, and at this point it had grown and I had a pretty good signature line of credit. Um, and he offers to buy the company. So seven days later, without telling my wife, I sold the company to my banker at his lawyer's office, wrote my wife a two page love letter, uh, bought her a nice diamond ring, which I'd never, I, I grew up with nothing guys. I mean, I had a ton of love. I thought I was rich because I had such a great family and love, but financially I didn't have two, two nickels in my pocket to rub together. Um, but that, that's kind of created who I was, kind of like BV talks about as well with our backgrounds. Um, the only difference I had a ton of love and a great family and great upbringing. So anyway, I tell my wife, we're going to go be part of something that matters. Now, in, in between that week before I saw it, I called Mal and said, hey, Dabo called. He said, yeah, I could hire you, but it's going to be several months. We're going to build all those projects, like we said, but um, they, they had a facility director, but he wasn't in good health, and he, he knew he couldn't handle that, that amount of work. So four or five months later, I'm unemployed, um, and four or five months after that, I, I go work for Alabama as their director of facilities and capital projects, and Shortly after that, within a year, the event management guy retires. I become, they give me event management as well. Um, and then a unique thing happened in my life. Alabama was going to grow from, from about 18,000, 19,000 to 38,000. had a new president in probably the longest 16 months of my life. He, he made me, well, whole another story. We were complaining about the construction administration facilities, just the means and methods. And people call it the Alabama tax. If you want to do a project there for, and it costs 10 million, you're going to bid 20 million just for the frustrations, not getting paid, stuff like that. And of course, I saw my background of construction, came from that world, heard those. And, and, and the weird thing, and when I was in Birmingham, it's kind of where I got where so I was in the social circles of the regents, y'all call them here, call them trustees of Alabama. Just, I just knew the right people, the different level of wealth. So I could relate to the guy laying the brick, or I can relate to the the trustee of the university and I had that unique and still that kind of takes me a long way in life now. So I, from there, um, 16 months, I worked for the associate VP. I, I, I'm titled the associate VP for financial affairs over a master plan for the university to do that. All the facilities, um, space management, outsourced a lot of stuff, um, made some tough decisions, but those tough decisions people tell you over that 10 year period, probably saved several hundred million dollars um, for the university. After 16 months, I go back to athletics full time. But that valuable lesson that I learned during that 16 months of how the university run, runs pays dividends from when I went to Clemson and come, where I come here. Just I understand how the whole university runs. So that's a key part of what makes me successful. Um, so I go back to athletics at this time. I'm still event management, capital projects, facilities. They give me director of major gifts. So now I'm over like the former football player club there called the A Club. I'm over the spring caravan, things, things such as that. And I don't, I don't remember what question y'all had. I'm worse than Brent. I'm just rambling. So y'all can cut me <laughs> off whenever, but it, it tells you how I got, get, got to where, I, where I'm going. We'll get you right back to the interview. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone, so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, 
Stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Opolis Clothing is the home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. Make sure you go buy our Buttery Soft It Ain't Good Enough shirt or the Texas Suck shirt. Go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use our promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off of your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and Oklahoma City Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use the promo code to, uh, TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. All right. Back to the interview. Um, so I, I get to that point where um, Nick Saban shows up. So I'm running. Just do that. Finish all these facilities. Bama built in six or seven years. Probably built. Um, when I say facility, soccer, tennis, softball edition, um, two stadium expansions on both ends. Kind of like we're in here, the palace, two of those. Um, a football facility, not once, but twice, um, a $68 million for today would be a $150 remodel to the um, basketball arena, a new dorm, um, and then a, a, a women's and volleyball, a major renovation to Foster Auditorium. So I touched all the sports, all those projects of where Nick Saban comes out of the blue. So we hired Nick Saban in January. If y'all remember, it was the Black Monday, I think they call it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He, so he hits the door. I don't see him during those times. I shook his hand. He leaves and recruits, comes back the week after recruiting and wants to sit down and talk about um, Alabama and just means and methods. So that at that meeting, um, it was the AD, the deputy AD, and myself and Nick Saban. And the first question he asked was, um, guys, tell me about um, your former player association. And I said, I'm over it. So AD looks at me, I said, coach, it's called the A-Club. We do this and this. He says, all sports are just football. And I'm going to clean the story up a little bit. He says, it's just it, – he said, all I'm – I said, it's all sports. He said, well, hey, I'm just going to worry about football players for now. He said, we're going to create this this football association, do this, this, and this. And I said, okay. And then next thing I asked about this thing called the Red Elephant Club, which is a 12 groups, 150, 200 men in each group, um, nine in Alabama, one in Georgia, one in Florida, one in Tennessee – it was a network of people for jobs, career development, just d- different things. And, and Nick said, well, what do they do for us? And over the past 10 years, we were servicing them. We're just sending three coaches out to talk to them. And, and we were inviting them to practice. He said, what do they do for us? And the AD, I thought the AD was going to help me. And, he, and they were, I said, coach, well, that's what he did. He said, well, well, forget them. He said, if they're not doing anything for us, we're not going to do anything for them. And he said, y'all need to understand, I don't really care for Alabama. He said, the problem with, with Alabama is, is Alabama. Y'all think because it's the A that y'all are supposed to be all great and it's all going to happen. He said, I've been recruiting all these players and not one of them knew who Nick Saban, who, who Bear Brown was. And, and, and he says, and it kind of calms down. He was very livid, and I cleaned that story up a lot. He says, but y'all need to understand. Alabama, the tradition and history of Alabama can really help us, and I'm going to use that to our advantage, but it can't be who we are. 
and we're going to be the best at everything we do because I'm only as good as the players we get. And so part of, you know, so that's where I learned everything matters. And I'll be quiet and ask another question. I could, I could keep talking for an hour, but I'll no, be quiet. Go, go, go. No, that's my, how I got there and got back in athletic and back into football. Yeah, so – Saban arrives, right? And you'd, you'd already done all these things for Alabama, which sounds like it was more on the con- construction and development side. Once Saban gets there, like how, how did your role at Alabama change? Good, good question. So I told you I saw these caravans the spring when coaches go out and, and speak because all the assistant coaches go out recruit in the spring. Head coaches can't go out. And so uh, that's when a lot of times you hear – when the coaches got and Brent's going to do it this year. I don't think they announced it, but he's going to seven places. I know Dallas and Houston. I know you heard it here first people. Yeah, that, that's right. So uh, they need her to get that out and start selling tickets. So, because the idea is not about making money. This is about getting your message out. So Nick was good about that. So I was putting those together. And about the second one we go to um, Nick Saban's, he's giving us, we're going to do this, this, we're going to have jobs. We just start naming all the stuff with his vision. And he looks over at the table that the AD and myself are sitting at. And he says, if you got any questions, see Thad Turner. See, he's my director of football external affairs. And I looked at AD. I said, do I got a new title? And he, the AD said, I guess you do. And so I became – Nick didn't have a chief of staff or he didn't have – I mean, he had operations, but I was probably, the, in today's terms, a lot of um, chief of staff type stuff to operations type stuff. And, and I ran his foundation, the job, kind of what the sole mission is right now. Um, he needed all part, parts of that, um, jobs, career development, life skills. I put, start putting that together for him any kind of rent, rent, like I said, rent his personal foundation. So anything that Nick, Nick basically kind of locked the doors. And if you want to come see Nick Saban, those early you kind of had to go through me, which was a weird thing, but not a very career thing. Cause that that's, that's a very powerful position, but there's a lot of envy, envious people. And it was a weird time in my life, but, but I had a great time. Nick Saban was awesome to me. And he taught me a lot of lessons. Um, so that's how I got involved. And, and people say, why did you ever leave him? Because what happened was, all the administration side, I always thought I was going to be an AD. That was kind of my goal. And a lot of people thought I was going to be the next AD at Alabama at that time. And, and so um, that was kind of the path I thought I was going to be on. And, and now I'm on this football path, but I still was searching for the AD. But the administration thought I was football, and football thought I was administration. So I was really a man without a, a, a home. So one, one time I went and interviewed for a, one of the top three spots at LSU. And came back, thought I was going to get it, had a second interview, went and told the AD, got a second interview. And he says, hey, I'll never forget. He says, what else do you want from me? He said, all I want you to do is keep Nick, Nick happy. And I thought right then, personally, I've become a Nick, keep Nick happy guy. And I thought I was just more, could be more than that. And, and that kind of started the wheels turning in my head that, you know, even more so that I might need to leave. And then the AD passes away several, about a year later, unexpectedly. Um, Dabo comes in, and and that's a whole nother story how I get to Clemson. But. Well, so when Saban came into Alabama, and, and I know everyone's got this vision of Alabama right now that it's just plowing forward, you know, and, and it's, it is. It's an unbelievable program. But it wasn't that way whenever he took over. It, it, it was one of the lowest times. You remember they had right. been on probation several years earlier. Coming out of that, several coaches changes. It was really a, a, a desperate hire. If they didn't get Nick Saban, no telling where Alabama would be today. Had to get it right, and um, and that's kind of what what you know. So 
Nick took it, went in from there. So people are really hungry for that reason because they, they're still very prideful. They had a lot of the same history as Oklahoma. Imagine if Oklahoma went through seven, seven eight years in a row, the, the, the dark years and how, how desperate the fan base becomes. So it was, people were hungry. And I, so there's some similarities there with us right now. The, well, the difference is, is we the challenge that here, down, but yeah, the challenge here is we're really, we're a good program. Now, I'm like Brent. We don't use great. Um, Bama's great. Clemson touches great, comes back and forth to great and good. Um, but the great program right now, if you're going to say great, that's bad. And so and that's so, my question, though, is like what in the early phases, whenever Saban took over, what was what was key to getting that rolled over um, yeah. like in, in the administration it, with the with the players yeah. uh, on the recruiting trail? And I know it doesn't all just happen at once, yeah. but. What were some of those elements that you saw that helped create that championship legacy? Well, the number one is belief. What Nick Saban brought is y'all played ball. There's not a great amount of difference in the top 10 programs in the country, talent-wise. But the, the great ones create somehow a belief system that they're supposed to win. And it's hard to do. See, unless you play it and be part of it, you just don't understand what I'm trying to say. But um, I think the number one thing was belief. And this little side story there, there's a lot of little things. I'll get into that, but like, so that was, that was February. And now April was the spring game. And I'm still director of event management as well. The, the most nightmare, worst thing I ever did is I still have nightmares about it. I remember having a pre-meeting on how, about the spring game and with all the powers to be. And, and I, I said it, I said, Hey, should we open the open decks? Cause back then you have 35, 40,000 people spring games, a good crowd. And everybody laughed at me. And the same held, held 92,000. And so we didn't open the upper decks. We didn't have the water turned on. We didn't have any concessions done. Well, 160,000 people came to the first spring game. Um, and if you know that, I'm saying, you got the spirals in the four corners. Guys, if one person panicked, people would have died. It was a, it was a fiasco. Think about people in no water, hot day. I mean, it was probably a 90-degree day that day in April. Um, day, but look back – Years later, Nick Saban will tell you he knew that second that they were going. To, he was going to be able to accomplish everything he wanted to at Alabama. Um, and and I think the speech he gave, what I referred to earlier, was that everything's matter. We're going to be the best at every single thing we do. And that was a mindset. So we started chipping away at where was it? we had just built this facility before he got there. So next thing you know, the second years that we're, we're gutting that total another twenty million dollar renovation to a brand new building um, because. He wanted even better. Um, no matter what what department, whether it was the recruiting structure, planes, the, the amount of money we spent from recruiting and getting coaches out to the nutrition, to the, to the training room, the weight room, whatever the topic was at that time, we were, we were dedicated to be the best at it. And the guys, we had a, we didn't have some crazy recruiting class. If you go back and look, it was a solid recruiting class. But the only difference was the belief that Nick Saban brought. And, and that, that's what it is. Simple as that. I mean, you got to be the best at everything, but it was the belief um, that did it more than anything. Sounds like some belief and a whole lot of cash. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, it, 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 people had to be dedicated. And there was, there was um, a lot of capital inputs in a lot of different areas. But it helps when you have 160,000 people show up. That means people it, are invested in the program. It was unbelievable. I mean, like I said, there are people everywhere. We had to shut the gates. And 
probably, I don't know what the number was, but we had well over 120 in the 92 and then everybody else was outside the state. Um, so. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Oh yeah. I still have nightmares about it. So, so anyway, so, so the dad, so how did I get to Clemson? And, and so, here I'll go. I'll ask the question. Okay. So you were at Bama. How'd you get to Clemson, Thad? Well, like I mentioned, thank you. Great question. Dave. Yeah, so thank you. I'll, I'll try to answer that. So what, um, I'm there for five years with, I'm there total 11 and a half, the last five coach saving. Um, like I said, it was, it, it was fun, enjoyable, but career wise, it was probably a career killer from where the path I was on. Um, wouldn't go back and change anything. So the, the AD dies, um, they hired another guy and, and probably Dabo has been the great career. He is. He comes to the, to the funeral, um, Saban's very open, like the office is open. I, I wouldn't hide anything from Coach. I say, hey, Coach, I'm bringing Dabo Sweeney around the building. He's in for the funeral. Uh, I walk him through his office. I walk him through – I mean, I don't show him the recruiting room, nothing like that. But we spend two or three hours together just talking, catching up. We haven't been together in five, six, seven years probably. Um, you know, so uh, I, I did. But he kind of – if you drop back a couple of years earlier, I had written him a letter, don't hire a certain person for a certain reason. And he hired him anyway. And – Everything I told him came true. So I think that helped me with some street cred with, with, with Dabo as well. Um, so right then at that funeral, he has, who's his chief of staff, who was his offensive coordinator at Alabama, named Woody McCorvey, who's a legend. Can't say enough great things about Woody McCorvey. He's, he's the first African-American coordinator in the SEC, should have been the head coach at Alabama um, at one point. Um, great thing, but that's, that's Dabo's right-hand man. And they both came and they, together shortly within – that time they say, hey, we want you to take Coach McCorvey's spot. And this Coach McCorvey's with us. And so it's not like I'm talking behind his back or anything. And I said, well, hey, when that day comes, I'll probably be interested. And so um, going about a month or so later, Dabo calls me and says, hey, I got this one job, uh, Director of High School Relations. I just need to get you here. And um, I said, well, what's that mean, high school? Everybody's in high school relations. And, and this is still during that caravan time. So now we're at one of these caravan periods. And for, I don't know, 60 of them in a row, I would always fly with Nick and, and orchestrate it. And, and this is the first time, but I had raised money at football camp, which we're going to have to do here, by the way. So that's another thing we're going to challenge the fans about. Because football camp's the lifeblood life of your program. But that's a whole nother question. Add, add that question to whatever list Kel Gunny sent you. So anyway, we're, we're – um, I, I say, hey, Coach, I'm going to go meet – I'm going to go raise money in Atlanta. But what I really did – I Drove up to Clemson, South Carolina, which is a six-hour drive from Tuscaloosa. Spent the night at some hotel and met Dabo at 7 o'clock in the morning. He recruits me all day. And I have to be – I have to pick Nick Saban up at the plane, private FBO, at 5.30. And Dabo said, oh, that's no problem. Getting You leave here at 2.30, you'll get there. No problem. Well, the traffic in Atlanta is a nightmare. That's so, anyway, I go through the whole day. And day's over. And Dabo has me in the office. And – trying to get to hire me. I said, Dabo, look, this is program is incredible. I don't know what I can offer you. He said, that I don't care what you do. He said, just come here and make us better and go to the next thing. And, and I said, well, I mean, you got, I met all these people today. You got, so he calls like four or five people in that, that I would eventually be over them. If this plan worked out, he says, I want y'all to know y'all met that today. Um, y'all thought he was just coming as a friend. I've asked him to take this high school relations job, but I'm really asking him one day, to take Coach McCorvey's job. And if he doesn't make that conversation with the, the people who have been there with him for six, seven years, I never would have taken the Clemson job. But I thought, hey, because I thought Davis was just too nice of a guy to, to do that. 
And it's kind of weird. I'm a guy that none of these guys ever met, and he's telling these guys that some of them might have thought they were in that role. And I said, well, he, he's he might be a little tougher than I thought. And I, I mean, I'm a tough guy. I'm from the old school. I'm very blunt, right to the point. Uh, if I offend you, I don't want, want to offend anybody. But if it means making us better, getting to where we need to get, I will pretty much um, – I'm very goal-oriented driven. So what it takes to get to that point, I'm usually pretty good about getting there. Um, so – so that's how that's how I got to Clemson. What all what all did you take experience wise from Alabama to kind of start the start the process over there at Clemson to 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 make a championship run at that that place? Okay, well, I, so I hit Clemson coming from the Nick Saban mindset. Let's go kick down doors, um, you know, whatever it takes. And then I go into this love, care, and serve philosophy that you hear um, Coach V talk about that. That, that, that Dabo preaches. And I, I'll tell you this, there's three kinds of people in the world. If you just lump them all together, there's, there's mean people, there's friendly people, and there's nice people. And there's very few really just jerk mean people in the world, to be honest with you. And, but just as few of those people, there's just as few truly genuine nice people that just have that ability to make, make you feel like you're the only person that matters at that time. And most of us are just friendly people. And I'm a friendly person that never been a mean person, but, so I had 10 years of that with Dabo, to, and so did Brent. But, but anyway, so that, that was just part of the um, – heck, I forgot. What, what was the question? I, I forgot. I started, what, you took from, oh. what you took from Bama to, okay. to Clemson, to the, okay. the championship drive and all that. We'll get you right back to the interview. But first, attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Yeah, you do. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Guys, weather's getting warmer. But the weather doesn't matter because it's always hard seltzer season, baby, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. All right, back to the interview. Well, so I, I, during that time, that was trying to, he, he needed a bull in the china shop, and he knew it. So he, he kind of let me be me for a while, but at the same time while he's working me to become this um, more toward nice and friendly, less kicking in the doors, let's, let's kind of work together. But So I brought a lot of processes to, 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 to Clemson. So I could – coming from Alabama, you, you had a lot of street cred at that time as well. So, you know, I would be on – the first day I was there, the second day I was there, I was on a show like this. And – repeat a lot of the things I've learned from coach Saban, um, just the, the everything matters. And there's a lot more to that. I had a lot, a lot of Nick Saban stories at the time. 
Um, and the fans just bought into it. And so I slowly, like I said, the first week I was director of high school relations. The second week I became director of recruiting. I said, Dad, we got to have a recruiting department. We had no recruiting department. We really don't have one here either. From what we, we have a recruiting department here, but we don't have a true player personnel um, like NFL level department. We had Drew Hill that does a phenomenal job who, for, for the resources he's had in the past, where he's kept OU talent level, you, we don't pay Drew Hill enough. I mean, he's done a great job. But now we're just putting a lot of resources behind him. Um, I got 22 students that started. Uh, half of them started last week. I'm trying to get the rest of them approved from HR this week. Um, a whole, we call them coaching recruiting assistants. H1 has one. That's a whole recruiting machine, a structure. We'll show it to you one day when you come. We got a black line. We recruit 200 people better than anybody in the country. And, and, and before, it's like find a guy, run, and, and look at this. But we, it's just putting in a system here. So I did that at Clemson. Kind of took the Nick Saban model, but just put a little more uh, emphasis. Nick recruited a lot more. I said, we're going to put a black line. We're going to have two linebackers. We're going to recruit 10 people for you. But those 10 are going to get more graphics, more video, more mail, more touches, and just recruiting better. And by that, then we got to go visit people more. So we increased the, the recruiting budget fivefold um, over the next several years at, at Clemson. And so it's just bring that mentality, seeing what works. So administration really couldn't argue with it because it was proven and it proved to be all effective there. So kind of took that mentality with every department, whether it was the, the, the food, the, we created the, the bistro, we created the mental health department, because what was the Paul journey, which is the sole mission here. Clemson did it great. Clemson loved, cared, and served their players better than anybody. So we had this one, one guy in the office next to him named Jeff Davis, who really is probably outside of Brent Venables is the most important person who's been at Clemson over the years because he, he was just that, that creating that belief in it outside the X's and O's is just within the bowels of the building is the guy that always goes to the players go to. So I said, well, Hey, when we build this building, we got to brand it more. We got to get him some help um, and just help put the whole process of the Paul journey together. And that's kind of what I do. I, I kind of, people give me like her for build, building buildings is a piece of cake for me. I mean, that, that's the easiest thing I do. I've been, probably 25 to 35 different, probably close to 40 different venues throughout the country. Uh, construction background, the bricks and mortar, the layout, very easy for me. The hard things that people don't realize are, are all the programmatic stuff that goes into the building. And, and so we built every programmatic you could do from sports science, elite recovery, train room, nutrition, Paul Bistro, mental health, um, support in the weight room. We just built the best programs you can in, in each one of those, just like Bama did. And then the building, we had to have the building to, to house all this. And that's kind of my bill. Like, I joke, I'm sitting here in a, in a I don't know what you, this is kind of a recruiting holding room, but um, like the, right now we're, we're having to remodel this building just to have offices for, for we're going to start in June, uh, starting in May and heard about the end of June, we're going to have a little late recovery system area, a little sports science area. Um, and a, a offices for the sole mission downstairs probably gonna cost about a million dollars to do this remodel and then probably another million dollars for the stuff to buy for these players for, for the, the the normal techs the the float float pods the dry floats the the, the cryotherapy those, those type things that players all the schools have it but just for that you know so also upstairs we're doing office space so just have places to put people so one of the things that you were you were responsible for at Clemson was the renovation of that football complex. 
And, and I've always wondered, uh, with, with you having such a prominent role in that, did you ever say maybe the slides a little too much? (laughs) No. Well, first you got to remember when I went to Clemson, their end zone, like what we're in right now was only five years old. So within a year, um, we're pushing for a whole new standalone facility within one year. And, and because we knew the, the size of the staffs, what, when that building was built five years earlier, um, Nick Saban hadn't pushed the envelope and forced people to, to expand to what, what it is now. So it was kind of a hard sell to the public. Hey, look, guys, and my speech to them, we're, we're top 20 facility in this new one at, at, at Clemson, but we're closer than 20 to one. Do y'all want to be one or y'all want to be 20? Because if everything, if we buy into everything matters, that's what they were. And, and so that would let me be the bad guy kind of saying that because well, he didn't, I took some of the heat, whether it was from needing a new facility or whether it was to change the music at game days or whatever, whatever it might have been. Um, Medford Boyce, another one to kind of to take some heat off of him and say some things sometimes he couldn't say. And, and that's, that's how that was. Well, whenever you – you, you you took the model from Alabama and you took it to Clemson. And, and once you were the best at everything, just like the, the mantra was there at Alabama, how quickly was it that the results on the field started to show up? I mean, D- Dabo had that program going in a, a trajectory. And I, and I just want to stop and say, I can give you the blueprint. I, and I have the blueprint. I can give anybody the blueprint who – who, who's, who's hired me, gave it to Clemson. But the key is it still starts at the top and it's who you put in your program. It's about, at the end of the day, it's about the people. And Dabo had a, a great group of people. He, you know, he says a lot of things that we're thinking that nobody else really says that he gets heat for. But if you go back and look at every crazy thing he said, he's been almost spot on. And, and so he's very wise. Um, so we, we were – we won the national championship before we moved in the building. We won the national championship in January and, and three weeks later, we moved in that building. Now you recruited the building for a couple of years. So the building had excitement before it was built um, as that helped some, but the, the, I, like I said, all these little programs were in place almost instantly. The kind of like we're doing here, we're trying to prove in all these areas, every, every one of these areas we get better here. And that's what we're, we're creating and doing. And um, so just because it, it, we're never going to be satisfied. And, it, and that drives administration people crazy. There will never be a time that Brent Venables or I are satisfied because I promise you, Nick Saban was never satisfied. Dabo Sweeney's never satisfied. Dabo might enjoy it more. And people think Nick's this curmudgeon or something like that and doesn't enjoy life. Nick enjoys the process. And I'm more like Nick Saban. I think Brent Venables is as well because, you know, people, people always would ask me, well, let me finish that. So I'm getting ADD going in a different direction. So, um, but, but anyway, I, I forgot. Like I said, it's, it's nine o'clock here. I forgot what the first question you told me. You know. Well, let's um, let's talk about. So you're here in Oklahoma. Well, what was the what was the the reasoning in your mind that you decided to to make that plunge? You know, um, you know, it's one thing to go from Alabama to Clemson. There's still that's 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 your region. That's your neck of the woods, but Clemson all the way to Oklahoma. That's, that's a pretty big leap. What, it, what, what made you decide to make that jump? But just like 10, 11 years earlier, I, I started praying a couple of years ago because I kind of accomplished everything at Clemson. Um, 
you always get better and there's always things to do. But, but I just felt like if Coach McCorvey was still there after nine nine years, and like I said, I hope Coach McCorvey stays for another 10 years. And so I kind of title changed four or five different times, different things to do, but I really felt like I accomplished things. And, and But to be honest with you, the, the number one reason is because of Brent Venables. Um, I believe – I think he's going to be the face of college football. Um, I love the guy. I think he's um, – like I said, he's the closest thing to Nick, Nick Luke Saban that I've ever seen. The fact that he's a relentless recruiter and loves recruiting, and he loves the, the game of football, the X's, O's, highly intelligent that. Um, and he's just a good man. And he's been dabbing eyes just like me. He's always was the intense guy that most of us were playing, but he has truly become – almost what I put in that nice category. And so that was always appealing. He and I always had a lot of the same backgrounds, the same intensity. So we, we always um, – and keep in mind, Brent, now we almost took the Arbor job. He called me the Friday night before. It offered me the same role here. Um, that was the – we never one time had a conversation saying, if I get a job, um, will you go with me? Never, never. Um, people think we did, but Brent never looked for jobs. And at Clemson, I was happy. I was never looking for jobs. And so um, it, so this job comes about, and, and Brent, I, I kind of think he might call, but may not. I can see my name at Auburn with my, all my Alabama connections. I didn't know what, you know, he might have somebody better than me at, at Oklahoma. Um, so he called, and and in the, the day, guys, so I guess the second reason it's Oklahoma. I'm 50 years old. I, I grew up in the heyday of Oklahoma. So in my mind, somebody asked, some other asked me what people in the deep south think about Oklahoma. They think it's Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, it, uh, they might not have won the national championship, but it, it is a nationwide, at least in the south I'm from, um, you bet your money, it is still Oklahoma and it, it carries a lot of weight. So that was exciting that it was Oklahoma. And then selfishly, for the third reason, uh, you know, I'm 50, you know, I still got to work 15, 17 more years, but um, it'd be pretty cool to win three national championships. I've won six, um, lost two, won six, SEC, ACC. Now if I can win one in the Big 12 before we go to the ACC, I'd be, I don't know how many people hadn't done the research, I don't know how to do the research, but I don't know who else has won three national championships at three different conferences. Be pretty good, good feat. Um, like I said, my son's coming in ninth grade. I, could, I would love for him to grow up through this whole system. And, you know, he's had a great experience at Clemson. Now he gets to be part of OU. He's probably going to end up in this coaching world, um, just the connections of both those schools. And so all that together, it was time. And I am excited um, beyond belief. I, like I say, I'm full speed Oklahoma. People would say when I went to Clemson, oh, and like those first couple of national championships, are you pulling for Clemson or Alabama? Well, I said, what do you mean? I hope it's like beating up your big brother. I mean, I, nobody wants to beat Alabama worse than Dabberai. And they said, they don't get, I, if you have multiple kids, you know, I have four. I love all my four kids equally, but I love them different. It, it's kind of like that with, with Clemson, Alabama. And I will, I will grow to Oklahoma, become my third child that I will love and, and, and bleed crimson and cream for the rest of my life. So um, fortunate to be here. I can't thank the people enough for allowing me to be here. We'll get you right back to the interview. But first... Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. Just look at Mr. Eichard sitting right there, the shining example of Bishop McGinnis with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. 
If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You've got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen, and became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners, yeah, they're from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. All right, back to the interview. So... What was your reaction right now? So the Brent is gets gets the king's welcome right when he takes the job, yeah. gets off the airplane, which yeah. was really cool to see. But yeah. your job is to evaluate where OU is at with all these different programs, with the facilities. What was your initial reaction when you laid your eyes on everything here? Well, my first reaction was flying. I spent the night in the airport in Atlanta for the first night because my plane got delayed. So that was the first time ever. So I landed in Atlanta, landed in Oklahoma City, and I have the camera going as I come off the, out of the little portal that you get off the plane, and there was nobody there. <laughs> so I sent that to Brent and said, hey, what, what happened to this big welcome? But, you know, I would say Oklahoma is, um, we, we can always improve in a lot of areas. And like I said, we, we got to, what we're doing right now, we're, we're creating this sports science area. Um, really going to dedicate that in elite recovery. I put sports science elite recovery in the same category. And we got to get better in nutrition and food. We have a great nutritionist, but like it's just one for the whole department. You know, most of the major schools we go to all have a, their own nutritionist for just the football team. Uh, I think the staffing levels are probably, and we, we've increased the staffing levels a lot. That's why we don't have space. That's why I'm sitting in this. This is my office, this little recruiting holding room. Um, so, um, that, you know, we're, we're good. And that, that's the challenge. I mentioned it earlier. The challenge is that we're really good. Um, it, it, are, are we hungry enough to, to go from, from here to here? Because I, I promise you, it's easier to – I could take Miami. If they did come to take Miami, I could get Miami to here to where we are, easier than I could get us to, to, to great. Because great's going to take a complete buy-in on everyone. Now, the good thing is I think we got everything in place. We have it. The president here is phenomenal. I've had two meetings with him on the NIL and then talked to the department one time. Um, probably one of the most dynamic leaders that I've ever seen. Um, he is totally bought, bought in. Um, so with Josie's experience, with Zach Selman, um, I, I, I kind of like when I came into to Clemson, I'm just – I'm going to fly out to show them what it's going to be, but it's going to take all of us to get there. And there's a lot of work to do. I mean, I, I don't – you know, we got the sole mission. That's step one. We're working on the food. We're, we we got a whole recruiting department um, being put in place. We got you know we're gonna have to do some major remodels here in order to fit all this the correct way eventually. Um, so 
right now we're just step by step. How do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I think um, Teddy Brent taught you that um, on the right. podcast that I watched. So um, and, and that's true. But it's, guys, we're very good. We can we get the belief. Like I said earlier, um, we we can win at any level right now today. The the in, in winning's hard, but where Brent and I, we want to be the model program in all of college football for today's standard. And that's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of resources, a lot of money. Uh, there'll be a lot of things coming out in the next months and years that people, fans might shake their head. But if we truly believe everything matters, um, then that's what it's going to take in, in every facet. You know, I tell people, we all have roles to do. If all you can do is buy a T-shirt, buy a T-shirt, put it on, you don't know who's wearing it. If you buy a bumper sticker in your car, you don't know who's behind you. If you buy tickets, buy your tickets, come to the game. Put a T-shirt on, Oklahoma T-shirt, and go to a high school game. If you've got a plane, I'm going to need a plane to, for, to expand this recruiting areas that we're going to do. So we all have responsibilities. If you think the president, the, the AD, and, and Brent, and our structure is going to get us there, you're sadly mistaken. And the, 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 what's going to take is a total commitment from everybody. And what's that mean? It's the spring, showing up the spring game. I'm challenging everybody. Sell the place out that's coming fall. We're going to have a lot of recruits here. They come here and they go to another school, and it's more people there, better atmosphere there. Um, you know, things. every school is unique in what makes them successful. Clemson was – their fan base was phenomenal. They could play the smallest team, Coastal Carolina, whoever it might be, the Furman, who, and, and no matter what time the kickoff was, it was packed, and for the first – Six years, it was packed at the end of the game. Now, as Clemson rose and started spoiling the fans, um, you started looking about the fourth quarter. They're, they're, uh, you don't have to stay here anymore. Well, guys, it all, I'm challenging the student section to be there. Don't they, if, if we're going to build this, if we're going to go from here to there, everybody be a total commitment. That means showing up, buying your tickets, um, doing everything that Coach V asked you to do. Or, or we're just going to we're going to stay we're going to stay really good. But I promise you. If you'll do it, what we're going to help explain with Coach V's vision, we, we will we will go from good to great. Can you can you can you take us inside that just a little bit? And I know you said some stuff will be announced moving forward, but can you take us inside anything that that may be out there that you guys are pursuing? And and just to to add on a little bit to what you were talking about there, like what is it? What is it going to take from the fan base, from the OU uh, alumni, everyone involved to get all these different things done? Well, you know, right now we're, we're looking at all the programmatic stuff that we have to have. So the, the short thing is what I just said. Do what you can do right now. Right now what you can do, be at the spring game. Right now what you do is buy your season tickets. Right now what you can do is put a bumper sticker on your car. Right now, be positive. Um, we don't need people – we're only going to be – Truly great when everybody knows the plan, and we'll we'll this part of this caravan. Coach V would be great about laying out the vision. So when everybody understands the plan of the vision, and no one cares who gets the credit, and that's easy to say, because um, you know, between the head coach to the AD to the president to regents, those are some that, those are very powerful people, great people. Um, but to get everybody aligned is is hard to do. Uh, because not everybody's going to get their way. Not everybody's going to understand what we're saying. Or not everybody, but everybody's got to buy into it at the end of the day to get there. Um, so that's a little bit. The, the fan, just do what you can do. Bloom where you're planted right now. Right now, do the things I just mentioned. Um, 
for us internally inside this building, you know, like I said, we're looking at every single thing programmatically from a staffing level, from a facility space level. Um, that's going to take, you know, some months to get put together. And then that's a, that's a, that's going to be a vision that's presented from coach Venables to, um, to Joe C and, and, and it's got to go from there. And, and, but it's, you know, it's, we're good because I don't ever have the perception that, that we're, we don't have a lot of great things here. We have a lot, we have a great foundation to start with better than anywhere I've ever been at this point. So we just want to take that. That's why Brent and I think we can take, I, we, we're going to be the next, how we got to get there. We're going to be the next elite program, the dynasty in college football. Nick Saban is 70 years old, 71 or 70, 77. He's not going to be there for, um, Brent, I'm just telling you, Oklahoma football, if we put all these things in place um, that I'm talking about and that we'll talk about in the future, we, we will be the dynasty of college football. No doubt in my mind. You're going to spend so much money. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going, it's, it's, going, it's going to take some resources, but it's going to take um, – it, 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 no question it's resources. But it's, well, I'll, that's I'll just part you. of it. It's, it's, the, it's everybody doing their part. Because we can have the we can make this a the nicest stadium in the country, and if it's half empty or seventy five percent full, and guys come here and in the second half of a hot game is half empty, and they go down to Texas A and M or te wherever you want to go down there, and, and it's it, and it's a better atmosphere. Those recruits see that they notice that, and they're they're very fickle sometimes. You never know what when they're going to make their mind up and and how quick they make it up. So I, I can't stress. Everything matters for, from a support stand, standpoint. Well, I'll tell you, I, I just, you know, our fan base is, we have a very smart fan base. They know football. They know what's championship football, what's not. And there's been, there's been a, a plateau with, with the program. There has. And that is on-field results. That's within the fan base. It, there's a plateau. But. I, I firmly believe like the perfect storm of ingredients all hit at the same time. Mm -hmm. Going to the SEC, our fan, fan base realizes that there's a lot, there's a lot more uh, to be asked of everyone whenever you make that leap. Lincoln leaving, and not just leaving, leaving in the manner in which he did, mm -hmm. because that angers a lot of people. And Absolutely. the best way to get back at someone is to do what? Is to win, right? Mm -hmm. Is to win. And then you bring Venables in an ode to the past. He was here whenever we won a national championship. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it literally is the perfect storm. As long as I've been covering the team, it hasn't felt like this ever. And I'm sure you guys are feeling the same thing up there within the program, seeing how people are reacting on social media, um, recruits. Like it's, it really is. And it's hard to wake up a group that is, has been really good. Like we're top 10 almost every single year, right. but to re-energize a, a fan base, the way that it's all happened in, in just such like a, a short amount of time, it's the perfect mixture, man. It really is. Yeah. No, we, we feel that too. It, it's kind of weird. It's hard to describe that because you've been so good, but we, we feel that sense of, um, of, I don't want to say desperation. It's not desperation. I don't know the adjective I'm trying to look for, but, but we feel like a hunger. A hunger 
And I think it's because, you know, pain's a powerful motivator, one of the most powerful motivators. And I think Lincoln created some pain when he left and, and the SEC dynamic and, and just, you're, oh, you, man, you're used to, you're used to winning it all, you know? So, and it's been, been too many years since we, we've gotten to that level. And like I said, we're, I don't like talking about winning it all, but that's a byproduct of everything we're going to do. Um, I don't shy away from, it's just who I am. I don't shy away from saying that is, the, that is a, a, a goal of, of when it comes to wins and losses to, to be the best and win everyone. The, the goal of the program, like Coach V said, is, is everything else. If we take care of all those other goals, graduation, tools for life, um, love and care to serve one another, the championships will happen. The process will happen. And so if we, we just create the process, which Brent, Brent's doing, he's very process-oriented driven. He's creating that love, care and serve. Um, we'll get there. And Brent Venables and I, we're kind of like Nick saying, we're never going to be satisfied. You know, I, I can remember when we, Alabama won 2009, the Texas game. We get by the hotel, everybody's celebrating. The SID comes and gets me. Um, Nick Saban wants to see me in the room. I'm thinking, I have no clue. We're, we just won it. It's 1.30 in the morning. And I go to his room. And before he went out and celebrated, he just wanted to go over the next three or four months on his calendar. Not long, 15, 20 minutes. I'm thinking, we just won the natty. Nick Saban's worried about the next three or four months before he goes and celebrates. But that's kind of how Brent and I are wired. Um, we, we enjoy what we – if you don't enjoy the grind of every day what we do, you're not going to be successful. So um, that, that's – that's where we are. Thad, we've got we've got a lot of OU fans that listen to this podcast. Want to give you one last chance. Anything you want to say to the fan base? Uh, you you've said a lot. I think you've made it very clear what what the program needs when it comes to the support from the fans. But anything else before we let you run? And you know, I, if I say any more, I'll be repeating what I've said. I, I, I can planes say, and bumper stickers and everything in between, right? Everything in between planes, bumper stickers and planes. Do your part. Um, be excited. Be positive. Get behind the players. You know, we're going to ask for a lot of support from jobs, career development. And when we lay the vision out, and Brent's going to clearly lay it out during these caravans, um, and it'll get out step by step every area of the program. If you can help in any part. We need you to do, and why wait to be great? That's what I'm saying. Why are we waiting to be great? Let's be great now. Let's go. And um, when that's laid out, um, let's go. Let's do it. The biggest thing right now, sell that stadium out for spring game. Can you promise there will be water there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was in a meeting today. They let me tag along, and um, I, I told them about Nightmare Experience. So I think they're, they're, they're hoping they can prepare. I mean, Bama didn't sell tickets, so you didn't know. It's general mission. You just open the yeah. gate. Um, at least we're selling tickets here for a low price that shouldn't deter anybody from coming. Um, so at least we can be prepared and know, and know what we have. That's a good point. We'll, we'll have the upper deck staffed, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Won't be that, my problem this time. Yeah, that, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, I'm interested. That's, it's going to be really interesting to see when or how many people show up because, you know, we've seen some good crowds, but that energy – uh, that that reinvigoration of the fan base, I I'm going to be really surprised if there's not a ton of people at the spring game. I'm it, not going to lie. Weather, 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 weather. Cross your fingers, weather. people. You got to go the weather, but it's been it feels a lot like oh, I lived it from Brent getting off the plane to Nick Saban getting off the plane. Someone pull those two videos by each other to the to what your Teddy saying about the. The, the gut of the, the, the fan base is fire right now. Um, so I wouldn't doubt it if it's, if it's sold out and 
Well, yeah, and you not just you combine those things, and you've got a, a bunch of new players. You got a new quarterback, man. People, people love to go out and see what the new quarterback has to offer. So it's, I'm telling you, it's perfect, perfect mix, man. Yeah, it's perfect, well, perfect timing. It's look forward to getting to know everybody. Look forward to get everybody to know the staff. I'm telling you, the staff he's put together, phenomenal, man. Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, you know, I came with them. I knew they were going to, who they were. Um, Jay Belai, um, you know, Ted, Ted is one of the most he, nicest human beings you're ever going to meet, but I've loved getting love Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy is going to be a rock star. He is a rock star, but he is going to be the sky's the limit for that guy. And, and all those coaches, Kale, he's kind of the calming force in, in, within the department. And, and, you know, so Bill, I, I love that old, old line mentality. He, and he, he's, it's just, I can't say enough good things about, about all those. DeMarco Murray, you talking about a solid dude who's just like this, about his business, um, and, and, you know, Joe John. It's just a great mix of coaches. And, okay, it starts there, but they're better men. So between that, come out and support those guys for, for all the effort they put into to make OU great. Um, and, like I said, look, look forward to, to building this dynasty with each and every one of them. You were a little upset that we hadn't had you on yet. Uh, I'm just interested in your reaction when I tell you we're not going to run this till March 20th. Yeah, well, that, that's as um, long as you get in before the spring game so we can get that challenge on, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. All right, but Thad, uh, I appreciate your time, man. We appreciate you so much. Uh, so excited to have you as part of the OU family. Uh, I call you the kingmaker, well, and I expect you to do the same thing here, man. Let's go. Let's go. Look forward to it. Hey, thank you. Hey, Boomer Sooner. I I get the feeling that what OU looks like now is going to be it, – it's not going to look the same here in a couple of years after Thad Turnipseed gets done. Yeah. And that's – honestly, that's what we need. I We have – we have it good here, but – in order to, to get over the hump, to get to that next level, going to have to crank it up a notch, and that's that's going to require it's going to require all of us, plain and simple. Yeah. So, just to review, need everyone to go to the spring game. Need to support Brent Vittable's football camps, I, and there, there'll be more information about that. Anything else? Those those seems like the, like the two immediate needs. Oh, bumper stickers. And if you have a private jet laying around, we need it. Okay. Yeah. But the, those things, right. In, in <laughs> That's summary. Right. That's right. And I, it's right though. I mean, it, 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 it's absolutely the truth. The competition at the very, very, very top of the peak is stiff competition and you got to pay to play the game, man. This is how it goes. Yeah, it is college, college football, college athletics, Big business. So uh, I, I'm glad we've got that guy on our side, though. I'll say no that. Doubt. No doubt. I agree 100%. He's got this, like, he's calm, but you know, man, when he needs to get something done. <laughs> oh, boy. Turn up seed. Love it. Yeah. All right. Episode 197 Oof. in the books. I know, right? 197. Uh, we'll have a new podcast that'll drop. Thursday morning, 
Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.